as them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Great Lakes Radio and AM 1570 WBTX Harvey, Chicago. This is Reggie Reg, and I'm a comedian. I do impressions. Anytime I listen to talk radio, I listen to WBGX 1570 AM. Especially the butt-naked truth. Tuesdays through Fridays, 2 to 4. Look, I got to thinking. There's got to be other people that listen to it, too. Politicians, like Barack Obama. Of course, I listen to WBGX 1570 AM. It's the free radio station because they talk about the butt-naked truth. Or the new guy that's taking over. You know, my hotels are here. I love the butt-naked truth. That's what got me elected. Or actors like Terrence. Hey, man, you know, I've got the number one show on television. And, man, I love listening to the butt-naked truth. Or my favorite of all, Denzel. Okay, all right, you like the butt-naked truth. I'm pretty sure everybody else like the butt-naked truth. Check them out. Tuesday to Fridays, 2 to 4. It's WBGX, 1570 AM. Don't miss it. The butt naked truth. Okay? All right? Hey, good afternoon, everybody out in Radio Land. Listen, we're just getting started. Brother Harold Davis is just coming in, and he wants to open up the show. So just take a minute, relax. We're right here. We're getting ready to do the butt-naked truth. You know what we call this. Crazy Friday. I'm mad as hell, so let's go. (laughs) Brother Harold Davis will be opening the show, and we want you all to get ready to call in today. Our telephone number here is 773-752-752. 9249 at 773-752-9249. Here's Harold Davis. There we are. Got some things going on today. Run a little late. <laughs> yeah, just pulling up. And so uh you can uh you can call us at 773-752-9249.com. Or you can get us on the tuning app on the broadcast on your smartphone or you can rebroadcast of this show tonight between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. at Vibe-In. That's V-I-B-E-I-N.com, V-I-B-E-I-N.com, or you can go to TalkStream Live right now and punch in Naked Truth and hit the picture, and you, along with 6 million other folks that are listening, can pick us up. I'm your host, Harold Davis, sitting here with brother T.C. McCoy. Hey, good afternoon. 
And so, uh, a lot of interesting things going on, as usual. And uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, you know, we've been dealing with a lot of this, uh, this what you call this, uh, this $2.5 billion, million-dollar blocks that somebody decided that they were going to just lock up black men across the city. Oh, yes, sir. And so, you know, there's a... There's a, there's another uh, interesting story, TC, that uh, that came out in reference to uh, uh, locking people up and not being able to and what they and what they were locking them up for. And so uh, I uh, I thought this was interesting uh, based on the fact that uh, you know they they keep coming up with this with this band-aid approach about fixing something that they knew that it can't be fixed with, okay. with, with, with uh, a $200,000 grant. That's right. And all this nonsense that they, they, they tell us to go do and try to figure it out, you know, back and forth. And so, so part of the, there's, there's a, uh, there's a story out that, uh, that talks about, uh, uh, you know, inside the uh, the county jail, and they they're talking about a particular Friday inside the courthouse at 26 in California. Okay. And and in this courthouse, they uh they had about a hundred people are led from the crowded jail cell into the basement of the courthouse, and then into the courtroom every day. And this takes place every day. It's a hundred people that they bring in on any given day. And so into any particular courtroom. And it says that the judge will determine whether they get a bond or not. And so they take into consideration the defendant's criminal history, TC. They, they, the probability that he will miss the court the next court date. Now, Brother Wally Muhammad, come on in, man. Wally Muhammad's in the house. Somebody was asking about you the other day. I meant to call you, brother. They said, they, they said, is that Wally Muhammad in the studio? And so we're talking about this, uh, this, this, how we, you know, we're talking about the $2.5 billion they spent from 2007 to 2011. And they had these million-dollar blocks. Brother Wally would have even spent $2.5 million on Cicero and, and Adams. That's correct. I mean, now how do you spend two point five million on one block locking up people? And so, so anyway, you know, so they want to throw these little grants at us and say, okay, go fix the crime, go fix this, go fix that, and 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 it's and it's almost impossible. So, so so I was given a scenario on any given day at twenty six in California. They um, this this um, they bring in as many as a hundred young men in these different courtrooms. And they, they, they bring them through the basement of 26 California into the courtroom. So they're already locked up, so they do that underground tunnel. And so so they, so they this judge determines whether they're going to get a bail or not. And so a lot goes into the decision. They say the judge can consider the criminal history, the uh, probability that they may not show up in court or commit another crime, you know, if they let him out on bond. So if the judge was worried about those particular things and money is attached to each bond, 
the increasing odds that a defendant will return back to the county jail until his next court date. I mean, that's, if, if they pay a bond, you know, they're they going, you know, they're going to at least try to get there. So they, they were talking to this public defender. This, uh, his name is uh, Michael Halbert. And that he's, he was reassigned to, from traffic court to bond court last spring. And so by his count, roughly half of the cases that were called this summer were possession of usually small possession, small amount of heroin and cocaine. Most involved amounts that would be considered a misdemeanor. And if they were filed in federal court or 13 other states across America, it would always say the amount is less than one gram. So these are just, what do they call them, T.C.? What kind of dealers, street-level dealers, or what do they call them? Well, Less than <clears throat> one gram? Well, most of them are, one, a packet is .025, okay. which is a, a quarter of a gram. And you need a gram to be considered a felony. And when they send it out and come back from the lab after they test it, uh, they say, well, Judge, this was .25, mm-hmm. which would be, you charge them for half a gram. That's what you do, and, and, and it normally comes back way lower than that, Harold. Okay, so so it's no surprise that drug possession is the number one arrest mm. that people in at Cook County Jail, where 85%, 90% are black and Hispanic. That's correct. So that's been the case since we're talking about 2007, that we're talking about from 2007 to 2011, they spent $2.5 locking them up. Well, they hit another $750 million in, in, in locking up and, and, and keeping these guys in jail. So there's another $750 million from the same stretch, T.C., mm. from 2007 to 2011. And so, so it says that they've been booked and, and released more than, since 2007, 100,000 times, Brother Wally, 100,000 times. So they charged them, but eventually let them go. And so, so according to the records that Tom Dottenham put out, $778 million was, was spent on the lowest level of less than one, one gram, TC, of Correct. possession charges mm-hmm. to keep people in jail at $143 a day. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> So these figures are staggering, as you know, Brother Wally. And what's more, what's more troubling is that one in three of these cases are totally dismissed. Yes, that's true. Because of the lack of, uh, when, you, when you go there, because of the, the lack of substance, the judge has no problem in dismissing it. Because how could you send somebody for, to prison mm-hmm. when they have less than 0015 or point zero zero five of heroin. Okay. I mean, that's... Right. Okay, so which, which would detect, T.C., Correct. according to the county jail records, that these are drug users. Correct. Not not people selling. These are people who have purchased drugs to use. And they are, and, and the drug, drugs, people have to understand, and I had to learn, drugs are a disease. To be on, on a substance, a heroin, is considered a disease in some communities. But it's considered a crime in, in, in other communities of, of a different color. Now, here's the problem, T. Here's mm-hmm. the problem. And, Brother Wally, y'all chime in. 
Yes, sir. The problem is, in most cases, these same abusers are picked up by the police within a week or two. Of course. Of being dismissed. Absolutely. Because they have a, they, they drugs. Because they have a record of them now. They have a record of them. Well, of right. course, but, but remember now, the reason they're picked up all the time is because the drug is their medicine. It's not that they did. The crime is, exactly. the, is the drug. Eighty-five percent of non-violent Eighty-five percent of non It's just in having possession, right? In the jail. BC bears the law saying it's it's against the law to have drugs, but it's not against the law to use drugs, right? Right. Okay. So they they long as they have it, but once they don't have it, you can't arrest them. So so let me ask you this, TC brother Wally. Mm-hmm. So within one or two weeks. That same arresting police officer Correct. sees them on the street again mm-hmm. and takes them right back to jail again. Correct. Right before this judge again. Correct. And now they're in the county spending all this time in a, in, a, in a cell when they actually need some drug treatment. That is absolutely correct. You know, um, first of all, greetings to you, my brother Harold, yes, brother yes, TC, brother. Mm-hmm. and the whole uh, WBGX family. It's great to be here. I just was stopping by to see my brother, and he... Well, well he, he do what he do, him, man. But I, I, I want to say, you know, with respect to my brother T.C., who is really a great hero in our community. Yes, sir. You know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, my teacher, he said that drugs is not the problem. Right. You know, the enemy wants us to take drugs as a disease. Mm-hmm. Okay. He said drugs are the symptom of a problem. Okay, I agree with that. It's like you got a runny nose and you're going to treat a runny nose. Well, the runny nose is telling you that there's a bigger problem. He said drugs, the root cause of it is problems in relationships. Mm. And since we're on the Christian station with Mm -hmm. the brother and sister, Christian family listening, the problem with drug use is that we have a problem with the Lord. Mm. We don't have a relationship with him. And since we don't have a relationship with him, we don't have a right relationship with mother, with father, with brother, with sister, with auntie, with uncle. Our problem is relationships. But let me ask T.C., Brother Wally. So, T.C., when when you were out there. Yes, sir. And you saw known drug users. Mm -hmm. How did did you deal with that? Well, see, I've seen the residual of it. You know, they call it recidivism. Mm -hmm. You know, and I would lock somebody up. And and majority of the time... the, the the user, when you lock them up, I, w- I would always have some people over at Loretta Hospital. They had different uh, facilities where they could go and get treatment. And I would always advocate for that. I mean, you have to do your job. And you always got to be careful, Harold. A policeman has no, you know, according to the, the rules and regulations, you have no right to dismiss a crime no matter how frivolous it is. So okay. you have to be careful now okay. because you can go to jail. Okay. All right. You can't normally get someone with a, a, a little dime bag of drugs and say, man, I ain't number dime bag. Throw it away. Mm-hmm. And if you're being watched, mm-hmm. and, and what if that person that you stop is, is a police officer and you take the drugs and throw them away, then that's obstruction of justice. And they and they be and you got to be very careful how they do that because. That was one of the things they could never get me and my guys on because we always went through the letter of the law. But then, as we we were processing them, I always managed to give them a number. You understand the the not the dealer because the dealer is doing the most harm. The user giving him a number to Loretta or some private agencies that had drug treatment for them. 
And I would go to court. With, and it's all proven. It's nothing I'm making up. I used to go over there to the 26th Street, and I had a bunch of drug cases. And I would talk to the state's attorney, Baharin, and I said, this gentleman right here needs drug school. Mm-hmm. He don't need incarceration. And, and I had a rapport with a lot of them who are now judges, and, and my word was good with everybody. So certain officers could do that because they had a relationship with the, with the people in the courtroom. But you, you and I can see, we look at it, and, I, and Brother Wally, thank you very much for teaching me that, what the most honorable Louis Farrakhan taught you, because that gave me a different perspective. But the thing of it is, Harold, watch this. A lot of this is not talked about, what you finna talk about. So let's be very clear now. See, so sometimes you get on the radio and you think, you know, well, everybody knows what you know. Everybody don't know what you know. So let's, let's see, that's the, that's the thing that you got to start putting into your repertoire. You an educator. That's you right. you doing education here. That's right. You know, if, if people knew what how smart they were, they wouldn't go to school. So this is a school for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a gentleman out there. He stepped in here earlier before you came here. He's a reverend. He heard us on the radio, love us, and wanted to just meet us. And, okay. and he said, man, I just love what y'all do. Well, what you do is you educate people. You said, well, I see this. How come they don't see it? Well, see, if everybody could read, everybody could think, everybody would see it. So... You, you get these people in this vacuum. Mm-hmm. We're looking at it in a holistic point of view. You're saying, well, they locking these people up. We're we losing all this money. But look now, the establishment up here, mm-hmm. the people who run the jails, like you said, Aramark's who making the money, mm-hmm. their money is, is predicated on not people going, not going to jail, but going to jail. Staying, so, right, staying in jail. So yeah. what, what, what we do is you got a lot of policemen, and I said on your show, I've been saying it since I've been here, and saying it before I came here, you got policemen that don't want to touch drugs, don't mm-hmm. really want to touch the, the, the community. All they want to do is the first and the 16th. They want to collect a check. And when and you confronted them like you be confronting me, which is good. You're supposed to ask questions because I supposed to know the answers. A lot of these policemen, man, they, I don't want to talk about that, man. Forget that. See, so keep educating our people. You're absolutely right. I'm looking at it like you saying with the drugs, but the business people are looking at it like, man, that's my yeah, money, Harold, exactly. talking about. Because that's what it's about, money, right? Right, right. right. That's, the, that's the 200, right. that's, the, that's the money block. Right. The money blocks is we know that people are going to be conjugating on that mm-hmm. block, right? Well, if, if, if the Cook County Jail sat in 13 other states, Wally, mm-hmm. they said it would be empty. Absolutely. And because they would get eye bombs. Absolutely. For 85% of the crimes that are nonviolent offenders, they said if that jail sat in 13 other states mm-hmm. across America, including Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. then that jail would be, be empty. I agree with you. Wow. So let, let me make this point right now while we're here on this subject. These people, this is a business. Mm-hmm. Everybody is feeding off the, off the, the black man. He's a commodity. He's not human. He's on the stock exchange. When you came here to America, you understand, you was a commodity. We talked about this. So you got, you got people who are sitting there playing on these people. These drugs don't come to America in the mail. They bring drugs and drop them off in certain locations. He says, I know if I bring these drugs on this block and these policemen are doing their job, and they really are not concerned about the community. They're going to run and arrest one person, put them in jail. I'm going to get my money because I'm going to feed them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
and I'm going to house and I'm going to give him uniforms. We look at it like that because you made me look at it like that. Okay? Mm-hmm. But look so, at this judge. Who, what judge are you talking about? And he well, has. I'm the, talking about most judges down, down in the county jail. I mean, these are. These these courtrooms are filled with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guys that are coming through on any given day. Uh, this particular uh, uh, public defender, he just he's talking about one day. Okay. And so he's saying that that you know there's an argument that or you know Wally, we can sit here and say well, Prettwinkle say let him go. Tom Dot say keep him. And so, you know, there is a rumor that Dart wants to run for mayor and that he's coming up with a plan that if they catch anybody with a gun, 10 years automatically, that, that's, that's going to be his platform allegedly for running for mayor. And so, so you got this political pressure. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, you got these jail calls. You got these judges. You got county officials mm-hmm. and prosecutors mm-hmm. who, prosecutors, that's how they stay working. And, and and they don't they don't they don't agree with how to how to how to treat drug users. Correct. Who cycle through the system. I mean, they as far as they're concerned, they criminals. And so and so 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 if if Prepwinkle and Dart get together, or Prepwinkle says, or with the new state's attorney, Kim Fox, and and, and, and you know, God help her. <laughs> because I know she's fighting every day with them crazy folks down there and people don't look for any instant changes because she's fighting a system that's been in place for a long time. And so that system, man, you know, keep her lifted up. And if, and if any time we need to defend her, we need to defend her. Yes, because sir. remember, 97% of those jobs down there are held by white males. Yes. Those state's attorneys. Right. Those assistant state's attorneys, 97% are white males. And so she's walking into a situation yeah. Well, you know the Ed Burks and, and all them guys down there that have cousins and relatives down there don't like the fact that the sister's there. So so, 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 so there's a retired judge named Lawrence Fox that said he oversaw the special drug courts uh, in the late 1990s, Wally. Right. He says, jail time can break addiction only if there's drug treatment while they're there. I know Judge Fox real well, yes. He said, other than that, y'all just playing games. That's all. He said, if you just lock him out and say, okay, uh, he going to get out, he coming right back. Mm-hmm. He said, but he said, the only, the, only, the only thing that can break drug addiction is that while they're locked up, they're put in a drug treatment program. A- absolutely. Now, you would think after spending $2.5 billion on, on, on locking folks up mm-hmm. and another – Seven hundred seventy-eight million on dismissing them, just on cases dismissed. That somebody, but like you said, TC, somebody's making a lot of money. Absolutely, you you looking at you looking at a lot of money. You looking at it in a humanitarian point of view. Okay, get away from that. This is a business. Life is a business. You got people. You got the sheriffs over there from the nineteenth ward. You got them from up north. You you don't have black. Black sheriffs, like when I worked at the Cook County Jail for five and a half years, I walked them through the tunnel to get to court every morning. I worked midnights. So you got white people who over there now, that's how they feed their family on your misery. They don't want them to leave. Now 
you got judges over there, and I have to beg the difference with you. All judges do not handle those cases. Those are preliminary. No, I'm, no, I'm not saying all. I'm just saying on any given day no, in, in these courtrooms. No, in certain courtrooms because right, other right. ones are trial courtrooms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, and okay. I say the whole Cook County system. Good, okay. So yeah, we, I mean we, certain we judges where they say you, you might see 100 people right. walking underground right. going into these preliminary cases Good. Now, on whether it's going to be a bond absolutely. or not. Right. Now, here it is. You see, like, you, you were the one who told us about the contracts. You were hiring people. Mm -hmm. You got a little bullcrap contract. Right. If you had had that whole contract, black people in Chicago would be working. Everybody, it wouldn't be nobody in jail. Well, the food contract for the county jail for three years was, was around $100 million. Ain't that something? And so. What about the, con what so, about the uh, concessions you were talking about? Right. Well, that, that's what I'm talking about. The, the 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 concessions totally with the food, with the with the uh, uh, what do you call it the uh, cookies and all that all that yeah uh, in terms of commissary 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 and food it's about thirty three million dollars a year that'll put a lot of black people to work right and and not just that TC so when you look at the company that Airmark right that had the contract that that. That that that, that they, they they actually in six hundred jails across America, and I think last year they almost made like eighteen billion. Wally, so when you look at companies like that, and see who they're connected to, mm -hmm. because the the uh, the attendance, or or the, the in, in the county jail, the food contract is based on a number. That's right. And that number, ten thousand, eleven thousand, twelve thousand, whatever it is. That food contract, that number can never go be beneath that. That's right. So if they have 10,000, they say we're going to feed 10,000 prisoners three times a day, Wally. Mm -hmm. And if they go down to 9,900 or something, then they have to go arrest people to bring them back up to the 10,000 uh, 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 mark. Let me correct you. I was a prowler at the jail. Prowler mm -hmm. means I had responsibility over a certain section. Mm -hmm. You call in every night when you come there. They say how many people you got on each wing. Mm -hmm. All right. Then in the morning they said for the food count, how many go in the court, and how many gonna be here. Right. So say your number is low. Right. Guess what they would do? They said we need ten thousand. You only got ninety five hundred. Right. The guy said, uh, no, we got some people. We got people in. And they would make the number up yeah, oh yeah. because okay. they have to keep you absolutely keep right. Yeah. You uh -huh. got to keep that level right. because, Harold, right. if they don't have that level, what happens to the, the citizens, what they have to do? Well, when Amark, and when I was in those meetings with Amark and, and we were on Taylor Street one day and and we were at McMahon's house, the guy who did the milk contract, and we, was on, we walked into a bar and got on the elevator and went up. And so I'm looking at all this. I'm looking at. Why is uh, why is the former first ward Mazzullo in the meeting, Alderman? Why is Phil Klein in the meeting, former police chief? You know why are these guys in the meeting talking about the Airmark contract? And so I'm sitting there, man, and and the uh, the, the district manager from Airmark, you know, he tells Dart, he says, you know, we 400 clients short going into the weekend, and Dart says to him, don't worry. We'd get them over the weekend. Monday, we'd be in compliance. So when Dot said that, I already kind of knew. So I nudged the district manager. 
I said, who are the clients? I know he wrote down prisoners. I knew. But to have the conversation and say we're 400 short going into the weekend. And then he said, don't worry. It's the ignorance, T.C., of our people mm-hmm. that have no clue how ignorant they are. That's right. That 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 they keep going in and out of these institutions, mm-hmm. Wally, and 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 just being pure ignorant. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 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 when you, if you ever go, I know TC, I know you know, and brother Wally, I know you know, and and to watch them bring them down when you go visit somebody, and watch how they come down like wild wild herdle, wild herds of cattle, and they laughing and giggling, mm-hmm. and all this room full of mamas and sisters and girlfriends. And, mm-hmm grandmothers to come see them, Wally. Absolutely. And 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 so retired Judge Fox said, he said this, Brother T, he said that for 40 years in, in, in the Cook County, he said, as a supervising narcotic court judge. Absolutely. Who was assigned to the felony, felony trial call through 2010. That's right. He concluded that the drug problem should never have been put on the courts. He said, he said, they can't fix it. They don't have any interest of fixing it. He said, there are so many people, Wally, that use and abuse drugs, 85% of them coming through that county jail. He said, it was his gut feeling that the only thing you can do is to decriminalize it. That's right. Decriminalize well, it. Let me, let me say this, brothers. You know, <clears throat> yes, our people are ignorant. But our people are ignorant in another manner. Mm-hmm. We're ignorant to the nature of our oppressors. Right, right. That's what we really ignorant. Exactly, of. exactly, exactly. And at, it's that root mm-hmm. that causes mm-hmm. all the mistakes that we make, even in dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Let us not forget that the war on drugs was a war on black people coming out of President uh, Richard Milhausen Nixon. Nixon's right. office. Right. Teach, brother. That's an actual fact. Teach right. it. Right. The right. war on drugs right. meant that we're gonna. We're going to saturate the black community That's with right, drugs. Brother. Teach. Right, because right. we studied the uprising in the 60s. Right, right. So we understand now that we're going to kill them with drugs, but not just drugs like uh, social drugs like marijuana and cocaine. We're going to devise chemicals mm-hmm. that we're going to give their women, mm-hmm. that their women's biomedical systems are going to detect that when they are carrying a male child, this chemical is going to attack the testosterone mm-hmm. that comes with the male child. See, we we do, see we we always hollering about the effect, right? But we're not dealing with the cause. We are the victims of a skillful plan and scheme. Teach, brother, not only to keep us down. Teach it, but slavery was a business. I, I mean, this ain't new. Jail ain't new. But let me ask you this, brother Wally. The educators and those scholars that that claim to to know how to deal with the black community in the black community and these intellectual people who say, "Well, I, I can do this, I can do that," then 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 where are the educators? Where are the intellectual scholars? Where's that black part of the black community that would even send out the warning that these things they're choked with fear? They know. They know, but because they want to keep their job, they're afraid. But I thought you Christians 
my Christian brothers, I want to say you Christian because I'm a Christian too. Mm -hmm. I thought the Bible teach that perfect love cast out fear. Exactly. Well, evidently, we ain't got no perfect love around here because fear is ruling. You got the knowledge. You know what to do. But what makes you so afraid? So, so let me ask you this, T, Brother Wally. Last year, Brother TC, there were 30,000 drug arrests in Chicago. Thirty, according to these, according to what they saying oh, right that's, here, that's low. There are thirty thousand drug arrests last year. Mm -hmm. They say so. The critics say that the aggressive enforcement is a part of this so-called uh, unofficial hidden agreement between police and prosecutors. Okay, that they go like this: police make mm -hmm. high volumes of, of arrests to maintain neighborhood order. Prosecutors rubber stamp mm -hmm. the charges. And punt to judges who decides which ones to drop. Okay. So, is any truth to that? Okay, watch this. <clears throat> you in a That's meeting, a good right? Question. You in a meeting with former Superintendent Phil Klein. Former <laughs> Superintendent Phil Klein is a, considered a consultant, according to what you're saying. He why is he in that meeting? He don't exactly. So, watch this. He's a consultant. I had the opportunity to know some people that worked for McCarthy, and McCarthy never wanted nothing to do with Phil Klein. Phil Klein got a background. All you got to do is ask Green Smith over there with the Marquette 10, because he told me if there had been, it should have been a Marquette 12. It should have been Phil Klein and another guy named Steve School that I graduated from when in high school who became a lieutenant, right? Mm -hmm. So Phil Klein is in the meeting. He's getting paid to be in that meeting. And when he said, we're going to have him, Phil Klein must have did something. Because remember now, if it wasn't drugs, it would be something else they arrest us right, for. Right. All right? So let's be very clear on that. When I listen to Brother Wally right here and getting this education that I need to get my Ph.D., he said something. And he said something so pervasive just now. He said they scared. You are the bell ringer. That's what I keep telling you, brother. You, Bill Ringer, you just don't understand it because you do it out of the love for your people. You are a danger to these so-called American Negroes because you put them out front. They supposed to be the leader. You've taken over the leadership by your actions. See, people ain't leaders because somebody voted them a leader. Your actions make you a leader. Right. Okay, so now, here it is. You got these people walking down. I was in Cook County Jail. They walk down, they happy because they've been trained like seals. Mm -hmm. You take a rubber ball and you throw it to a seal and he in water. The first thing the, the seal going to do is hit the rubber ball in the air and hit it back to you. You understand? So what we have to do is we have to make sure that we train our people. And we're going to train our people, you understand, to be who we suppose, who they supposed to be. They go to these jails, and, and, and this jails to you, you just said the jail is like recess. How can you be in a negative environment and tell me that they coming down happy and the people happy to see them, and they get used to that? How can you get used to pain? I mean, I don't understand that, brother. People get used to pain. They come down smiling when the man let them out to see their family. Brother, something is inherently wrong here, but like, like the the— the brother just said, the symptoms, we've been taught and we've been trained. 
And then these people sit here and laugh, and then we listen to these so-called American Negroes because they said they was leaders. I never said so, they was leaders. So there is an unofficial agreement. Of course. With police and prosecutors. It has to be. Who make these high-volume arrests, and then they then they punt to the judges. Well, you learned that in the Laquan McDonald shooting. What and, did they say? They the said the judges the, rubber stamp the charges and decide, well, we're going to let go. Harold, if if mm -hmm. there was no film, Jason Van Dyke could still be patrolling in the Chicago police uh, streets, mm -hmm. the Chicago streets right now as a police officer. So the future of the of the of the monetary gain that's made off of these these eighty five percent of these guys who are nonviolent offenders who have drug issues. Right. The the future is, uh, brother Wally, they they looking what's going to be in place if we have to give this up. I mean, because they're making so much money off of, like I said, Klein was there basically because he probably has an interest somewhere with Airmark. No, he's you a know? consultant. To Airmark. He's a right. consultant, and, and right. when you had that meeting and, and someone said to him that we're down, he said, we'll be up. He wasn't talking to him. He was talking to Klein. So Klein would get on to the people that he made deputies, and he would say, listen, I'm giving money to this and that, and... Like you call somebody, you take care of them. So he's, hey, listen, uh, I need you to come over. My 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 car got a flat tire, so I'm, you taking care of me. I'm gonna run over there. So, client might be getting some stipulations or some some stipends, and then those policemen who are in charge of certain departments are the ones that he's in charge of. And he says, go out and make sure we get enough amount of people in the system so we can make sure this thing happens. So with these with these guys coming in. And they spent, Wally, since 2007, $778 million. And they know in the door when they bring them in for less than a grand that they're going to dismiss the case. Of course. So why lock them up, Brother Because T. Because what I want to do is simple. And Brother TCU, say, Brother, that's not right. All we want to do when we lock you up is get you into the system. That's all we want to do. We want to be able to locate you. We want to be able to study you. And then when we're having difficulty trying to solve a crime, hey, what about Tommy over there? He was arrested three times last month for drugs. Let's bring Tommy in. So, so, so Wally and T, we're going to take the calls. So you're bringing in, this former judge says, that you're bringing in nothing but drug abusers mm -hmm. and not drug dealers. Well, but hold it, Harold. Listen, didn't you hear what Brother Wally just said? So let's make this real clear. Maybe I could make it a little clear. They said a, a month ago, D'Angelo, uh, in charge of the union, said, we're going to, if they forgive some of these drug offenses and you hire these police officers, you get substandard police. I said, okay, we'll get substandard police to work in substandard communities. So what's the difference? See, so what they do is, like he said, once you get that number across your chest, it restricts you from certain things. Your ceiling has just been leveled. See, if you are not arrested, you got education and stuff, you got the sky is your limit. What they do is they control you by arrest. All it has to do is be something frivolous. So, so the judges' uh, payroll, the prosecutors on payroll, Correct. The police on payroll, Correct. county officials, Correct. all that's involved in the county budget. The federal so, government allows so, money so, for that. So they'd be bickering over, well, 
if we cut this out, then that means they're gonna cut somebody else out. Uh, and so, and so it, 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 it just, well, let's take some calls and then we come back. Okay. Uh, hello, caller. Call you on the air. Hello, Hal. Yes, yes. Hey, brother, this is Ray. Hey, brother Ray, how you doing? Hey, hey, TC. Hey, brother, how you doing, then? And brother Wallace. Hey, Ray, how are you? All right. Man, let me, it's hard to not tune in to you, brother. And, you know, I, I'm not been calling for a while, but I'm always listening. But I'm going to tell you, anything that happened to me uh, some years ago, Hal. I'm uh, going to Star Rock, going fishing, and uh, we go to the Hick Town, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, two weeks prior to that, we had went fishing, and there was some kind of problem with my daughter was licensed from 99, but uh, she was able to drive. Mm-hmm. They took her, and uh, they rode her up. And the time I'm talking about, we, a month later, we go back. I say, okay, well, we go your court with her, then we just go fishing. We had a blowout on the expressway, okay, before we get to the courthouse. Now, I called, I said, well, you know, I told my wife not to call. She said, no, no, we need to call. I said, okay, we were going to call, and uh, they'll know what happened. Two, three minutes later, after I had to change the tires, here come a sheriff, a police car, some kind of, one of them police cars. He pulled aside and we told him what the problem was, and he now he asking all the, about all the IDs. And he took mine, and he told me that uh, I, they had a, I, I was on some kind of domestic uh, a Bruce problem with the family. Now I'm getting ready to go back and forward with this man. Because mm-hmm. now he tells me I got to go down to the station. And my wife saying, no, no, I said, okay, well, I'm going to go on down here, and maybe they'll straighten it out when I get to the station. I get sitting and they put me in the cell. Now they're telling me that I got to take a shower. So now I'm going to make a phone call them. Cell I was in, the mm-hmm. phone didn't even work. Wow. Yeah, so I told the guy, I said, man, listen, uh, the phone don't work. Either. He said, okay, well, you go take a shower and uh, put this uniform on. Now check this out, y'all. Mm-hmm. I took the shower, they gave me a, a blue and white uniform, then they gave it was an orange and white. The guy gave me an orange and white uniform. So I put the orange and white on, I go back to the holding cell, and one of the lady prison, one of the lady police saw me. She said, honey, uh, what you doing with this uniform on? I said, this is what, what the guy gave me. She said, no, 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 you need the blue and white. The orange and white means you're going to be shipped out. Now the white guy gave me the orange and white. Now I get upstairs, and they kept me all day to the morning. They telling me I'm going to court. They got us up at 6. We go down to the courtroom. I'm in some kind of, it was like a dungeon, y'all. It was like a dungeon. They brought me down there. It was about six or seven other guys with me. I was the last one they come to get. So they took everybody else, guy come and got me. He said, man, you get ready to go. I said, get ready to go. Don't I got to go in front of the judge? He said, no, no, man. They threw your case out. I didn't even go to court. Wow. And I, I'm not understanding, TC, how could, you know, if they just got money from me that day because I had the uniform on? No, it was some things I couldn't understand. First of all, you 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 had a... a uh, Disabled vehicle on the highway, correct? Yep. 
exactly. Okay, and y'all called, and he came up, and he asked for your ID. Yep, he asked for everybody's ID. Okay, and you submitted because that's normal procedure for you. Exactly. What I would have asked him is, and I've done it, so even as a police officer, I says, first of all, what does my disabled vehicle has to do with you on my ID? Now, if you're not there to either block off traffic or to call for an assist, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have conversed with him anymore. And you do not have to give him your ID because, first of all, he has to tell you why he wants it. Right. You understand? But you didn't know. That's what Wally was talking about, Brother Wally, right here. You know, our lack of knowledge basically is what he's saying. See, first of all, you had a disabled vehicle, and he runs your name, and you don't have a warrant, right? No, nothing. Okay, so why did he why did he decide to take you in? If there was no warrant, then what he did was he really kidnapped you. So you have you had a case with a lawyer where you could have possibly went in there and filed for a false arrest because once he took you and put you in that cell and there was no explanation of why you was there and they released you, most people said, Well man, they didn't get me, I'm happy. Well see, they did get you. They just didn't have nothing to stick with you. So you shouldn't have never been taken there because he had no he had no right to take you. He, I'm trying to find out what was his probable cause of even asking you. The reason he, he, he stopped me, the reason he asked me, the reason he took me down, brother, mm -hmm. uh, he said my name come up when you ran a check on me in some kind of domestic case. Okay. But I'm knowing all the time dude got the wrong person. No, no, he ain't. No, he ain't. He got the right person because he said your name. But your name is a common name. Am I right? Do you are you the only one that has that name? We and my son. Okay, you don't own you and your son. The only one who had that name in America, right? No, no, no. All right then. So pay attention to what I'm saying because I I know what you're saying. Okay. He has to give you more than just your name came up now. And first of all, he has to show you the evidence. And when he took you in that lockup and he put you in that cell, they had to they had to put paperwork on you, sir. They just couldn't put you in that yeah. cell. Well, T.C., mm -hmm. I was going back and forth. I'm getting ready to rock with this man. I know. Not, not physical, but with words, because I'm knowing all the time. Wait a minute. I'm all good. I'm thinking when I get down to the station, mm -hmm. they're going to clear all this out. They're going to check me out and say, no, we got the wrong person. No, they told me. Then the white lady going to tell me when the guy gave me the orange and white, I put that on. When I get back in the cell, she said, no, no, what you doing with that on? I said, it's what he told me to put on. She said, no, no, you put the blue and white on. That means you're going to court in the morning. The orange and white means you're going to be shipped out. Good, but look, one more time, and then I'm going to cut it off. Yes, sir. I'm going to go back to step one because we're on step five. Mm -hmm. Why did he take you from that location, sir? Because if there was no warrant on you, Nope. And he no said one. that you had a name and domestic. That doesn't mean anything. Okay. He could not remove you from that location unless he said you were under arrest. You And you could ask him at any given time, officer, I'm not going to talk to you no more. Now, place me under arrest, and the rest is history. You got a, you got a legal redress. Okay, there you go. I heard that. I heard that. So you just cleared it up for me, bro. <laughs> well, well may I say something on that? I'm listening. Listen, in case, in case you, we've been having our head in the sand for the last few years. Mm -hmm. The onion of the skin of civility, of white people, is being peeled back. Mm -hmm. okay? okay, you ain't got no rights with them unless they tell you. 
Let, don't, let's, let's not get it twisted here. They're not blowing our brother's brains out with their back facing them on the ground, shooting them down, talking about he went for my taser, going in churches, killing you while you praying after studying Denmark Vesey for nothing. See, this is the, the illusion that black people have, that we all the same because we all bleed. <laughs> we all the same. And I'm going to go, brother, talk. This is why we need people like you have. Yes, sir. UTC, Wally, and the rest of the brothers that's on the radio station to straighten our people up. Cause, brother, we gone to the, we on the bottom of the list now. That's right. Yes, sir. We need right. people like you have to keep doing what you're doing. I always tell y'all. Yes, sir. Got your back, brother. Oh, no yeah. matter what, that means support. Thank you, brother Ray. Appreciate Thank you, it, brother. Ray. I'm going to see y'all soon, right. man. Okay, brother, we'll see before you go. So, so let me ask you this, TC, because I've, I've been in some courtrooms to, you know, to uh, in support of some people. Okay. And one thing that, that that's always puzzling to me, but now it's clear to me, that you got judges, prosecutors, police, and county officials on, on the budget of the county, and you spend $778 million housing people for nonviolent offenses, mm -hmm. and then that judge, who this this unofficial agreement, Wally, mm -hmm. that they whisk out. And what, what what was always puzzling to me is that you see them risk a guy out, and he ain't even up there like forty five seconds, mm -hmm. and the judge say he has probable cause to give him another continuance. No, well. Well, first of all, let, let, let me be clear, Harold. That's a fantastic question. You see a guy walking down the street. He got, uh, he's a black man getting out of Cadillac, black suit, collar, with a Bible in his hand. You might assume that he's a preacher, right? Right. You got judges that's been put on the bench to deal with you that don't have no knowledge. None at all. Okay. I was in a courtroom with a, a judge, and the case was a domestic case with a man. I don't know nothing about the man. And I told her, Your Honor, we're in the wrong courtroom. And I just simply told her because, like Brother Wiley, man, I'm tired of being scared. I want to see if they really that tough. I told her, I said, you don't even know what you're doing. I told her in open court, mm -hmm. you don't have a, a, a clue of, of the law because I'm in court with this dude right here. I don't even know. He brought me here, and I'm talking about him. This is slander. I don't have a relationship with him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these judges go up there and they give these people, because they don't read, half of them can't read, I told you that. They go up and sign their name away. The public defender says to them, Brother Wally, sign this. And, and they just get a pen and they sign it, right? They don't know what they sign it. And, 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 the, and the judge says, okay, what happened? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, we probable cause. And we're, we're going now, you're going to be remanded over to a new courtroom. See, you go through the preliminary hearing, that's the probable cause hearing. Then if it's, it's enough there, you go before a judge. I got a, I got a cousin. I mean, another court. Go ahead. I got a cousin been in the county for two years. He gets a continuance every two or three weeks. Uh-huh. Why don't they just send him down the river if, if they're going to do that? And, and he has a drug problem. Okay. He does some things that put him in there. But I mean, he's he's been there two years. Okay. At one hundred forty-three dollars a day. There you go. Times two years times seven hundred and times seven hundred and what, Wally? 
740. Let's do the math on, on what on what and, he's caused them. 143. And, and he's a non-violent offender, Brother T.C. Okay, you do the math real so quick. Let me say this. 740 uh-huh. times 143. Okay. He's caused us $106,000. Okay, but watch this. If you got, you got a school, you got a school, and you ain't got no students coming in, and all your students are going out. So what if that judge doesn't have... See, he looks on his docket. Remember now, he, he comes in the courtroom, and as soon as he comes in the courtroom, he has what is called a court docket. He sees how many cases he's going to have that day, right? Mm-hmm. And if he and he sits up there and he says, okay, we'll continue this to such and such a day. He turns his book. If you've been to court, you've seen him turn the book, right? Uh-huh. He said, man, I ain't got nothing but three, three cases. I need at least 10 to get paid. So, okay, he fills that guy and says, okay, you come back in two weeks because I need to fill that up. Don't you understand the game? Oh, yeah. I mean, I understand it, the game, but I, I, but I guess what we're saying is that here, here's my cousin that's a drug abuser. Mm-hmm. Been in there two years. Mm-hmm. He ain't the, going the, nowhere. The numbers say so far they spent 106000 on him. But he ain't going nowhere. And so, so, so to spend $778 million. Of your money. 80% of these cases that they spent this money on mm-hmm. will at some point be dismissed. But it's your money. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. See, you know, you know what? It's so hard to imagine a human being hmm. that thinks like that. Hmm. See, this is our problem. That's right. We just can't, uh, because we're so, we are the people of God. That's mm-hmm. right. So right. people of God think everybody is just like us. I right. tried to teach. Right. See, it's so it's so <laughs> right. unfathomable. So, Wally, so when, when Dalen Wolf walked in and said, can I you pray? You mean with, who studied Denmark VC? Yeah, can I pray with y'all? Yeah, we was just we were just so enamored. Oh, he wants to pray with us. Can't be that bad. But my teacher said he would never have gotten to Muhammad Mas like that. And then he said this. Never. Wally, he said that he did not feel that he needed to sit in on the testimonies of those families that were left behind of the gory details of how he killed them, he said, I don't want to hear that. Wait a minute. $4 million was raised for him. Exactly. For Wait exactly. a minute. See, this is, see, I'm telling you, see, to my family who's listening, you think the devil is a spook. But every Sunday you, you screaming through your lungs, the devil is a liar. Exactly. The devil is a liar. Exactly. Ain't no, when the last time a spook told you a lie? Exactly. And, and, and then and then our president sings Amazing Grace. <laughs> there was no grace expended to those people oh, because they died. The grace was that he escaped the office alive. And then and then and then the very nature of the people who came to arrest him asked him, Was he hungry? Yes, sir. Took him to Burger King. You must be yeah, exhausted must pulling be exhausted. that squeezing that twizzer, that, that twigger the way you did. I, I, I need a, I need and, a and he said to that judge yes, that he should not have to sit and look at them family victims to to because he was not apologizing Mm-mm. for what he did. I don't need to. Well, because be, see, because he's not apologizing because he wanted to do what to start a race war. That was his motivation. Okay. That's why he left witnesses. Go right. and tell it because I want us to go with right. y'all. Let's right. get it on. Right. That's right. Dylan Roof. Right. My minister say he's evil, 
incarnate. Exactly. Look at his look and some of y'all who listening, mm-hmm. but look at his face. He looks so soft oh, with man. those blue Brother. eyes. Brother. Look at him. He looked like a little teenager. Brother. Yes, sir. Brother, okay. So uh before we take the that call, because that's a three o'clock call, let's take the other two. All right. Hello, caller. Hello? Hey, Brother Harold. Hey, how brother, how you doing, brother? Brother, brother, Mark, my, I got a cousin been in the county for two years on a drug charge that, that he that he uses drugs, and mm-hmm. and they spent $106,000 according to what they're paying, $143 a day. And and it's been revealed that the county has spent $778 million in the last five years dismissing cases after locking people up for two and three years on a probable cause of them having less than one gram of heroin and cocaine. Mm. And when we tell you, Brother Harold, this whole court racket is nothing but what it is. It ain't nothing but a racket. Most of the judges, as uh, I think that's Brother Red on the line, and Brother Red was stating that uh, the judges and whatnot, most of them don't know the law, and most of the individuals who go before them don't know how to read nor write, and mm-hmm. they get away with it. Mm-hmm. But one thing I wanted to bring up was, shoot, I loaned a person uh, last year some money. Mm-hmm. The person would have put an order of protection against me. <laughs> oh, man. Now, uh, I went, I violated the order of protection. I ain't gonna lie, I violated it. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line of it is, is I end up paying, uh, it cost me 1500 to get out. Then I had to pay 500 and something dollars in court fees. And then I had to pay uh, $600 to a probation department to get 90 days, I mean, no, six months probation. Wow. That's what I end up having to pay. For loaning somebody some pay. money that you went to ask for the money that they owed you. Man, they don't listen. They don't listen. Matter of fact, the judge told me several times to shut up in the courtroom. And wow. that almost like triggered off something due to the fact that I'm trying to explain to you what the world didn't happen. Here it is. You got a senator or a congressman who then got caught up into a sex scheme and stealing all type of money, and y'all listening to him, but here is the common person that comes along right. and tells you what happened. Right. You don't want to listen to him. And what they end up doing to me, uh, I had to plead guilty. Uh, not only did I have to plead guilty, but uh, they told me that I couldn't even mention this person's name. I'm like, what? Wow. I can't even mention this person after the person beat me out of my money. So the whole system is a racket, and all these attorneys and stuff sitting here talking about they love you and all of that type of stuff, Mm -hmm. 99% of them was playing ghosts. Wow. (laughs) You know they're going to play ghosts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Brother Mark, we appreciate it. When you going to come in and sit with us, man? Man, I'll try to come in sometime during the uh, week, I mean next week, yeah. uh, because you are hitting on a very touchy subject. I mean, man, is, I mean, they lock it, keeping these people locked up for years, and and man, and, 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 and seven hundred seventy-eight million dollars. Oh, yes, we didn't sir. let that boy out. 
and when they let them out by mistake, now they're going to come up with some crazy rules as a result of exactly. that. And then and the four, all it's going to do the, is make things worse on the guys locked up. Exactly. Do, do y'all really think that was a mistake? Exactly. Thank you, Brother Mark. Mm-hmm. We, we, maybe we, we see you next week, brother. Thanks, Brother Mark. Okay. Oh, All, right. Brother Mark. All right, Ken. Thank you, brother. Hey, Ken, let's just do the identification 1570 and bring the brother on. We ready to roll. AM 1570, WBGX Harvey, Chicago. All right, we got Brother Eric Dargan on. Brother Dargan? Yes, sir. This is he. How you How doing, you brother? All right. Thank you. Okay, so, so uh, you're calling from where, Brother Eric? Calling from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, and we got we got a bunch of listeners out that way too. And so uh, you got a new book out called "Book Leading Without uh, Leading Without Dollars." That's correct. Leading Without Dollars, mainly for the public and nonprofit organizations. Okay, so tell us tell us who, who is Eric Dargan, brother. Tell us tell us who that is. Uh, Eric Dargan is a a small town country boy from a little small state in Arkansas called Blaville, Arkansas, that matriculated to Houston, Texas. Uh, where I'm now the Deputy Director of Public Works and Engineering for the city of Houston, handling streets and drainage for the entire city of Houston. So so how did you get in Public Works? Uh, I got in Public Works um, by way of AT&T, where I used to be a Director of okay. Information and Repair. And okay. let's just say God called me over. And I realized that my, 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 my passion, my service, my my passion or my desire was into service of my fellow man and having the opportunity to serve in public works allowed me to do what I enjoy every day. So 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 this book what 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 is what is your book? Can can you go into detail about the book? Yeah, the the book the book is one of those books. If you back in the day, uh, back in the early nineties when I first started my professional career, uh, two books that inspired me way back then was was. Uh, who moved my cheese and the one minute manager and these were simple straightforward books that talked about what it took to be in management and expectations this book leading without dollars is a very simple easy to read 30 minute read on on just some core principles and values of leadership of leading an organization of motivating your people of taking care of your people of communicating with your people and getting them to truly uh, work with a passion versus worrying about the next dollars. Because when you're working in government, uh, the dollars are not going to be there. So you have to have a have a public servant bone in your body to really give 100% each and every day. And this book allows you to, to understand how to reach the lowest level employee and make them understand that they are important in this organization. And it's, those are the people who we depend on every day for the services that we provide in the public sector. Okay, and so and so, uh, so so what is, what is, what is your passion in terms of of you uh, my, writing this book? My, my 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 passion my passion for writing this book was just keeping it simple. I, I think we 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 try to complicate things, and people think leadership is complicated when it's basically it's not. It's about treating your fellow man the same way you want to be treated. It's about understanding that we're here to provide a service. We don't take our jobs personally. We don't try to do a bad job on anything we do. Uh, people show up, whether they're the, uh, a, a, a lower-paid, minimum-wage employee, they put on that uniform and come to work every day. So my passion in writing this book was to make sure that people in leadership positions understand that we have to treat our employees with the highest level of respect, 
We have to give them their due so that they can go out and give the best in them to the public. And and just by writing this book, like I said, I just want to appeal to those leaders because sometimes uh, leaders get it twisted or confused that um, you have to treat people a certain way. You have to carry a bit stick. You have to demand this or demand that. And the reality is, no, we have to be servants to our people. Okay, so so in terms of uh, of leadership, I mean, we've been doing a series on leadership here, and and so so how does someone purchase your book? Uh, they can purchase my book through the Sweet ID, uh, which is one of the the uh, businesses that I've I've managed to um, support, and they've supported me. The ID Suite is, is a way they can Google my name. Or, or go to the ID suite under leaders, leaders Leading Without Dollars or my name, Eric Dargan, or go to ignitetm.com, and basically they can purchase the book online through that process. Okay, so so, so give that information again. They can purchase it. How again? ID suite, um, which is either Google my name, Eric K. Dargan, Leading Without Dollars, or at nighttms.com, and once you pull up the virtual card through ID Suite, they can then click on the button "Leading Without Dollars." Okay, so uh, so you've been a servant leader for strong Christian leadership, in other words. Yes, sir. Twenty uh, fifteen years in the public sector, mm-hmm. uh, eleven years in the corporate sector, and you know. It, it's hard. It's a little bit more difficult on the corporate side of the house, but at the end of the day, uh, we we know that God lead our path, and and God knows exactly where we should be and how we should be leading uh, our communities and to the, make them all. The, the, the shepherd should have the heart of a shepherd in terms of leading our people, because you know you have people in in leadership positions with authority, and they they may be they they have no business at all with the authority or the leadership. And that's been a big problem in the black community, what we see. Well, and, and that, uh, that has been a problem. I, I wish I could tell you that um, it's not a problem here in Houston, but mm-hmm. I will be the first one to say we got a, a new mayor in the city of Houston, a black man who's been in the public sector for well over 25 years, mm-hmm. and he has truly a, a servant leadership style. Okay. And I, I, I'm thrilled to say that I work for the city of Houston, and I will tell you that there are many black in the public works uh, arena and in the public sector in general in Houston that are truly public servants and understand that the community makes us who we are. How's the Fifth Ward doing in Houston? Fifth Ward is doing pretty good. Uh, Fifth Ward is con- continuing to grow. We got a great council member, uh, uh, Council Member Davis, over Fifth Ward, and, and once again, they're doing some good things also and moving in a positive direction and trying to get that community turned around for the infrastructure needs that have been lacking over the years. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Attorney Lou Myers. He's from the Fifth Ward in Houston. He said that uh, somebody broke in his sister's house, while they, and when they, while they broke in there, they, not only did they, did they, while she was asleep, they got something to eat, they used the toilet and didn't flush it and went right back out the house. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so the fifth ward, man. Lou Myers talking about that. Uh, Brother Khalid Muhammad came from the fifth That's ward. Right. That's right. Uh, from the Nation of Islam, he come out of the fifth ward. You know, Brother Khalid Muhammad. Yes, 
I, I know him. I, okay. I don't think he knows me. Or I, let's put it this way: we don't know each other personally, but okay. I know of him. Okay. Okay. Cool. And so, uh, so you know, brother Dale. So how, how did you meet? How did you know? How did you meet Dale? Brother Dale and I met. Man, I'm gonna say about ten years ago at a um, at a, a at a career fair. It was. It was. It wasn't a career fair. It was a a career enhancing uh, through the the community college. And mm-hmm. Dale was doing a financial series, mm-hmm. and I was there on a educational workforce type uh, assignment. And I got to know Dale through his presentation of his financial series. Um, and and I, I will be the. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, uh, Seven spheres, seven oh, yeah, spheres yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of, right. of money. I right, believe right. the name that's of it. I'm trying it. to think off the top of my head. Okay. And I'll tell you what, the brother does move me a different way because he combined investments with God and with understanding how to take care of your family and the community. And that brother and I have been tight ever that's since. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's a straight shooter. Not integrity. Uh, yes, sir. Very much so. I will, I'll be the first one to tell you that, that as, as a personal advisor to me, he, mm-hmm. I've, I've done some things that Dale has, has advised me against, but at the end of the day, uh, I wish I had followed some of his advice. So uh, great guy to, mm-hmm. to listen to and, and hopefully truly embrace some of the principles that he's right. teaching on the daily so, basis. So in closing, what are some of the recommendations that you would uh, give to young adults pursuing careers? Man, first of all, be yourself. Pursue a career that you're passionate about, something that you, you get up every morning looking forward to. Do. If you're pursuing a career just for a paycheck, you're going to find yourself with a life that's not being fulfilled. Um, we all have a passion, and sometimes it takes people longer than normal to find out what their passion really is. But if you have a passion for service, a lot of people have this perception that if you have a passion for service, you're not going to get paid. Well, the reality is that if you find your passion and do your passion, I believe the money will come. Yes, so sir. follow your dream, follow your passion, do what, what motivates you every day, and then give it 100%. And I, I will almost, I will promise you, your reward in some form or fashion, potentially monetary, will come with that as well. So give that uh, information how to get your book again, brother. Uh, Eric. Uh, once, once again, uh, Eric Dargan, D-A-R-G-A-N. You can Google me. Uh, or you can go uh, to ID Suite at, at night, IDTMS.com. Uh, uh, and once again, leaders leading without dollars. Uh, just, just a real simple read. And I think it can be a guide or a training tool for anybody, especially young people, getting into the business world for the very first time. Thank you, Brother Eric. And we, we'll talk with you real soon to see how that book is selling. Anything we can do on this end, brother, we'd be willing to push for you. Thank you, sir. I greatly Thank you. appreciate your time. Thank so you very much. Time. Have a good day. All, All right. right. Before we take Bye-bye. this call, Ken, I wanted to ask Wally and TC. Uh, you remember when Mark Aguirre and Skip Diller, Teddy Grubbs, and uh, Bernard, Randolph. Bernard Randolph and and the other brother. What was the other brother? The other guard. Uh, he was a guard. Mm-hmm. And Terry Cummings. And so Terry Cummings, Mark Aguirre made the NBA. Uh, Bernard Randolph, Skip Dillard, Teddy Grubbs didn't. Uh, so 30-something years ago, while they, they built that Rosemont Horizon because those brothers were out there Filling that place up. I mean, they put 
they put DePaul on the map as far as basketball goes. And so, so, so now, Brother Wally, uh, they have one of the lowest attendance among basketball games in college across America. College sports arena. College sports arena. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to play their final game tomorrow against Xavier at the old, uh, at the old uh, Rosemont, brother. At the old Rosemont, okay? So uh, they, uh, they've had 14 home games this year at Rosemont, and they've drawn under 1,800 people a game. They are uh, 24% down from last year. They've had seven games in which the attendance was fewer than 600 people at the Rosemont. Correct. So, so these troubling statistics of DePaul's basketball program, and they're going to finish at the bottom of the Big East Conference for the seventh time in nine years, now have a brand-new stadium that costs $164 million damn dollars. Where? Over at the Mid-Pier. Over there by McCormick Place. McCormick Place. 10,000-seat arena. Now, here's a team that's been in last place the last seven or nine years. The attendance for seven home games this year was less than 600 home uh, people. And so now they're opening up this newly named, thanks to the mayor, mm-hmm. Windrush uh, Arena on the uh, McCormick Place campus. Correct. To an attendance that they've had seven home games that they've drawn less than 600 people. They could have basically went to one of the high schools and had the games. And so there was a feasibility study done, Brother Wally, Mm -hmm. that said that what would it cost for the city to maintain that that stadium that DePaul is going to be playing in red and the 16 home games? And based on that, that study, they built this. $154 $154 million stadium, $164 million stadium. The line feasibility said that they would draw 9,500 fans. This is the line that they put on paper. And that 40% of the expected revenue and all the other stuff would come from DePaul's games and the other 60% would come from concerts, shows, and concessions. But the calculation, Wally, appears to have not known anything about their last nine years <laughs> that they've been playing at the Rosemont. <laughs> you, you, you follow what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, 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 these ticket sales, known as paid attendance, you know, is that is that uh, they going to they're going to have to have 9,500 people. Now, mind you, Red. In seven of their home games at the Rosemont, they drew less than 600 people. So they're going to take that stadium and have 16 home games with a possibility of not even drawing 5,000 people totally for the whole year, Wally. Now, <clears throat> the feasibility study said that they were going to have 9,500 people per game. So now $164 million later, <laughs> Uh, the DePaul athletic director, Greg Greenwell, said in his statement that ticket renewals 
for the inaugural season at the Windruff have been trending in a positive manner, but he didn't say how many season tickets have been sold. So Greenwood also noted, Wally, that rolling out opportunities for the alumni and the new neighbors have may have a better interest in the DePaul team than the old neighbors in Rosemont. The new neighbors in the South Loop may gravitate to them, uh, unlike the ones that happened. Season tickets going to sell July 1st. So, if this low attendance comes to follows DePaul next year, it's going to diminish the arena's operating revenue from things like concessions and undermine the venue's primary purpose of spurring entertainment district on the near south side. Smaller crowds, the harder it would be for McPeer to lure other businesses into McCormick Square. DePaul officials, Catholic Archdiocese, they say that the attendance to improve at the new arena because it's most closer to Lincoln Park and downtown campus. So, Wally, they signed a 50-year agreement with the oh. McPeer, 50-year agreement, to play the men's and women's basketball games at, at this new stadium and saying that they're hoping, just hoping, Wally, that they're going to land some top prospects coming out of Chicago, which would then it, which would attract Chicagoans to come watch, like when they had Teddy Grubbs and Mark Aguirre and Skip Dillard and, and uh, Terry Cummings. And so, so I don't know, Brother Wally. I mean, uh, they uh, they saying that, that the early years when they had Mark McGuire and Terry Cub, Ted, Teddy Grubbs, Teddy Grubbs and, and Terry Cummings and them, they were the ones that actually built the Rosemont. So they're saying if they get some venue, some players of that kind of caliber, Red, I think, Red, they need to hire you as a consultant. But at the end of the day, a feasibility study, Wally, in 2013 allowed them to spend $164 million of taxpayers' money in Chicago taxpayers' money, and we dine in the damn streets. We they, they, they just said, here's $4 million for all you niggas in Chicago. Go online and, and, and uh, apply for the grants. And, and lie about a grant. And lie about a grant. Bernard Randolph over on Kizzy at the McDonald's on Roosevelt and Kizzy. And then just give $164 million to a team, Red, that's not drawing 600 people to a basketball game. But the feasibility study said that they want to have ninety five hundred people there. Don't don't we sing every week? The devil is a liar, brother. Brother, I mean, Wally. we do say that every Sunday. We singing I mean, that, right? Yeah. Well, when's the last time a spirit told you a lie? When's the last time a spook told you a lie? Mm -hmm. Spooks don't lie. Spirits don't lie. Human beings lie. We lie out of insecurity. But then there's a man who is a liar by nature. Okay, Clyde Bradshaw, Brother Dale said. Clyde Bradshaw and Gary Garland. Gary Garland. One Wait a minute. Say Curtis Watkins. Yeah, yeah, Curtis Watkins, right. And so, uh, and so uh, that's uh, but but they built that Rosemont wall. Yeah. I mean, yeah, brother, they did. Red, talk about it, Red. <laughs> and, and talk about why, why Brother Wally, Brother T.C., who was in on that deal that this feasibility study said 
that they're going to spend this $164 million of Chicago taxpayer money, a lot of TIF money, Yeah, Red, yeah. And our children are dying. Right. And they're going to say, here's $4 million of grants that all 800,000 of y'all in Chicago can, can fill out. And nobody is saying anything about that $164 million stadium that they're saying now, Wally, nobody's going to be there. No, because all the talent leaves the city. They don't want to go to DePaul. They know mm-hmm. DePaul got some almost like a hex on them like the Cubs. Yeah. They know what they've done to Teddy Grubbs. And just like you said, Bernard Randolph sitting down there talking about a contract with, with Larry Brown. Man, they know brother. what they've done to those children mentally. They built the Red. stadium and then ain't none of them Red. nowhere, not even Red. announcers. Red, if you go to Halstead on Lincoln Park, yeah, from what, Wally, from Division to Maybe. Fullerton? Yeah. Armitage DePaul to owns everything on both sides That's of the right. street. Yeah. If you go down Roosevelt Road, UIC owns everything on both sides of the street. Yeah. They didn't buy that stuff based on somebody just said buy it. Yeah. They bought that stuff based on the basketball programs. That's what they bought it on. That, that them boys was filling up that Rosemont 18,000 fans a game. Yes, Wait sir. a minute. If, if we want to say it's business, yeah. if I can get 12 fellas, I can give them a piece of paper, I promise them I'm going to give after four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But look at what you give me in return. I would say that's a good business deal. Ain't that a good business oh, yeah. deal? Oh, yeah. I give you a scholarship, which is like a bone with no meat on it, but in return, you fill up my stadiums. I'm not giving you nothing. Mm-hmm. If, and they, so, if they don't play one game, that'll hurt their whole, they'll hurt their whole economy. But, but, but look, but who voted on the feasibility study and who went back and said, they only got 600 fans a game. They came in last place the last seven out of nine seasons. They're going to finish last this year. And they saying that based on just maybe, Red, they need you to go out and get some, some top-level uh, cap talent, Red, and don't send them out of, out of the state. Right. Bring them over to DePaul. Right. Now, yeah. Teddy Grubbs is under psychiatric care. And yeah. Because he's exposing himself on trains. Yeah. And, you know, on public Nobody knows the reason about it when his mother died and what happened with the team. When Ray Myers put him in that middle capacity place to get checked out and that whatever that stuff they put in him didn't come out of him. And so, 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 Red, Bernard Randolph right now while he is at McDonald's on Kersey and Roosevelt. You, and you tell me he couldn't get a coaching job at DePaul, scouting? But, but I'm just saying, he, he, right now, he's, you can go to McDonald's yeah. on Roosevelt Kersey. Yeah. My cousin goes in there, and, and if, you go, if you go see him, Red, if you see him, you will definitely know that there's something wrong with, with Bernard, I mean, mentally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some little, some, some little brothers jumped on him and took his money a couple weeks ago, and they, they beat him up pretty bad at the McDonald's. And so Wally, but, I mean, he has pants, Wally, that, that are coming right past his knee, and he's outside in the winter with gym shoes on. And so you mean to tell me all the money that he made for DePaul, Ray Meyer, what's the what's his son's name? What's the boy's uh, son's name? Dave Joe, Meyer. Joey. Yeah. Joey Joe Meyer. Yeah. They didn't have they didn't have the they couldn't go back and help him. They couldn't go back and help Teddy. They can't go back and help Skip, who was robbing folks coming out of uh currency exchanges and on the boat. Yes, sir. And 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 they couldn't help them brothers. Yes, sir. And they built 
It's Rose hard Mark. to imagine a human being that thinks Man, like that. Brother. Yeah. See, uh, that's that's just so that's we can't even grab that. We can't even wrap our minds around how can you mistreat a human being like that? But Dale know everything. Check this out. Dale say Accessibility. Gary Garland, Clyde Brown, and Mark Grier took them to the final four That's right. in seventy nine against Magic and Bird. That was the then last time they Skip. seen it. And then he said they screwed Bernard Randolph, Teddy Grubbs, Skip Dilly. We forgot one. Dallas Comicies, six ten. That's right. Remember Dallas Wow Man from Philly. Man, <laughs> Kenny Patterson. <laughs> Yes, sir. Kenny Patterson. Kenny Patterson yeah. from New York. Man, Dale on this. Dale, yeah. Dale know the history. So, 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 Wally. So, so they do this fake feasibility study and justify spending one hundred sixty-four million dollars. Don't be nice. Go ahead. You, use you, the you, right, you stop trying to use you, politically you, correct you, you, language. You, you finish it. It's off. straight words. They lied. They lied. They lied. Okay. Queen Sister said they just found a woman on 73rd in Kenwood in a garbage can. Oh, Lord. Man, what the hell going on? Do it stop? 73rd in Kenwood in a garbage can. And uh, I don't know if anybody saw the news. They picked up uh, uh, Patricia Van Pelt's son, Kenny Van Pelt, on some rape charges yesterday. Oh, come on. And so uh, Kenny Boom Boom and... And they uh, they're saying a lot of awful things, brother, about uh-huh. about him on the internet. And uh, but we, you talking so, about a hundred sixty-four million dollar accessibility plan? No, uh, a feasibility to I build mean, it. They didn't have no based reason. on red. Based on they said they would have ninety-five hundred fans from the DePaul to to uh, come to the basketball. Let me ask you Wally, how did they make up a word called feasibility? Meaning it's a possibility. It's a good chance it'll happen. I just wanted to show you how Webster flipped it oh, he, for 164 million. But wait, wait. Now, in order to do that, don't you have to have city council approval? Exactly. No. No, okay. no, 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 no. They had to. Hold on. Stay with the lip for a minute. You know, I don't know a lot. Yeah. But they had to. But what I know, I know. Yes, sir. Now, you got to run that. The mayor made. Do the business deal. Yes, sir. But it still has to come to the floor. Yes, sir. And the entire council exactly. has to vote in it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So right. all these Negro politicians that sit in city council. Yes, sir. You mean to tell me not one of them pulled Mr. Webster and put him on the witness stand just to understand feasibility? And not just that, Wally. And then challenge it? Exactly. Not just that, Wally. They don't even say how much rent they're going to pay during this 50-year lease. Yeah. They don't even say, as though it's not any rent to be paid. But, Harold, now you know and I know that the whole construction game is not about occupancy. Yes, sir. It's about the financing and the builders. Yes, sir. It's their money. Yes, sir. Once they get paid building, they care less whether what they build is occupied or not. Are you a builder or a wrecker? So, 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 Wally, a businessman would have never built a $164 million stadium based on 40% of the revenue coming from a program that's been in last place the last seven out of nine years and the last seven home games, less than 600 fans were there. Yes, sir. That would have been thrown out the window. They would have kicked, they would have, they would have beat your ass out the bank. Right. So what you coming in for and and hit you with your proposal. Right. Well, but you know, (laughs) How about me and you and Harold come up with an accessibility plan they, for the they, community? Brother, we, I help is is with God and with ourselves. That's right. That's our accessibility. Okay, Dale said Howard Nathan was the last 
legitimate DePaul star and around the 90s. And so, and that was the end of their glory days. Mm-hmm. Elder Mike Hudson say, brother, the Bulls is going to let DePaul play their home games at the United <laughs> Center. <laughs> they said, and so they should have went over there. Yeah. And they're going to let them play it for free, they said. Yeah. Misdirection. Yes, sir. Mike, Mike, Mike Hudson, Elder Mike say misdirection. <laughs> they're going to say, y'all can play them for free here. And so now you say, well, no, we're going to build a $164 million stadium. And guess what? They're going to, 40% of the income revenue, TC, is going to pay for this for this thing. But in reality, the taxpayers, brother, yes, got sir. stuck with it. And like Wally say, who voted for it? The feasibility study? Who took the feasibility study? And why did they not look at the feasibility study and say, anybody said, anybody said that yes. anybody would have looked at that feasibility study yes, would have said, well, what kind of fans they got now? Yes, or sir. 600 a game. Oh, no, we can't build this for them. No, sir. 164 million and our children are dying? And we ain't saying nothing, right? Because again, nobody fear, but naked truth. Fear is choked us to death. Yes, sir. Uh, now you know you got some smart brothers and sisters that sit on the council. Yes, sir. But your intelligence does not compensate your cowardice. Exactly. Because you're afraid of your enemy. But see, that's why we got to make them more afraid of us than they are of our enemy. Mm-hmm. Then they'll do our bidding. That's right. No false damn false. way in hell you vote you pass that and you don't even look at it. That's right. False appears. They say, well, I'm helping real. y'all going. They got four million in grants that I help allocate. What you talking about? Four million dollars, and, and and you got eight hundred thousand people bidding on them. So, uh, yeah. So anyway. Yeah, yeah so, I just, I just, so, uh, I just came back in here and then when and when Wally went to talk my spirits, I always, remember I always said, "Oh yeah, you know, oh yeah." Winky and Rocco. Oh yeah. He said, "What's up your sleeve?" He said, "Nothing right. up my sleeve and nothing up my hat." Right. He said, "Just the spirits." He said, "I oh, yeah. friendly spirits." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bullwinkle. Right. But 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 all you got to do is is go over there on on uh when I go over there to that McDonald's, I always over there. buy him something to eat. You yeah. Know? Great and, Bernard Randall. And I sit down yeah. and, and you really man. can't you really can't have a conversation with him because I mean man, you can tell that I mean, he's whacked way out there, yeah. man. I mean, and he laughs all the time. I mean, he just laughs. Yeah. And I mean, whatever you say, he laughs. Yeah. And and so but when but, your but, brain but, been but, done like that, Harold. But such I mean. a sad case, Red, you would think that they owed him that much, man. Yeah. And now they got a hundred and sixty four million dollar statement. I bet they won't even let him in there. Talking about man, please. He's Let's supposed to have a, a season pass for every season. Call you on there. Take the calls. I didn't get mad. <laughs> yeah. Call you on there. Hello, caller. Hot Friday. Hello. Yes, yes. Hello. Yeah, y'all. Hey, this is Mike. Yeah. Hey, what's happening, Mike? What's up, oh, big I'm Mike? Yeah, uh, TC, how y'all doing? Hey, brother. All right, brother. I came through the criminal justice system through 2004. 2008. I never went down to the penitentiary, but they got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They wanted a conviction, and they got me to sit up in that place. For, uh, I sat in there for the first time for 18 months, and then I burned out, and they locked me back up. Okay. And I sat in there for 20 months. Okay. So, but during that period, a lot of guys were copping out for one year. And uh, if you did 61 days, that was considered to be a year. 
and the state would get $52,000. Well, the investors would get $52,000. You took that 61 days that the investors got $52,000. Now, people with little marijuana get caught with a joint. Okay, take 61 days, and you get out in 61 days. Well, they got the conviction, and they got the $52,000. They got the money. You know, so, so who's the investors? Some of the judges, some of the police. Some of the, you know, some of the rich folks, you know, uh, uh, Ronald and, 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 and whoever else, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, the investors got the money. So uh, that's how it was. It was all about money. It's all about how do we make money off of these people, you know. And I said, they like, lock you up time and time again. Let's see what he got this time. We caught him with a joint last time. Oh, he got a little plastic bag. Ain't nothing. There's a little residue in it. Lock him up, you know. Do another 61 days. And, hey, they give another $52,000. That's how it's you know. So I was uh, letting you in on what was going on during the time that I went through that system. Okay, man. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Next caller. Caller, you on the air? Hi. Good evening. How you all doing? Hey, how you doing? Just wonderful. Listen, I just want to make a, a, a huge public announcement that um, can we pay more attention to the trash that's being thrown on our grounds, especially in our neighborhood, especially on the expressways? And I know it might seem like something small, but um, misery loves company. And when we see that trash, that makes a, a person feel miserable. I mean, if, if, if they could take our taxpayers' money and put more garbage cans out, get more people out there to clean up, it would lower a lot of chaos that's happening in our community because I don't know if anybody else is paying any attention, but it's almost ridiculous riding on 57 and 94 once you get past 55th Street and see the amount of trash that's just lined up there. I, I, I even stop and tell the guys who beat on the drum, I tell them that if they got a garbage can, a garbage bag, and they got a sign that say, hey, donate to help me keep our community clean. I said, you'll make more money, but to be sitting in that field, beating on the drum, asking for money, you're not going nowhere. I, I'm tired of seeing the field. So I'm just reaching out to everybody to be mindful. Tell your friend, if you see a car throwing trash out, we have to stop trashing our own community. It, it, it's getting ridiculous. We're in the middle of chaos and confusion, and in order for us to rise to a certain level, we got to look at beautiful, clean things. That's mm -hmm. all I want to say. Mm -hmm. Have a great day, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ms. Hicks. Okay. Hey, hey, hey Ms. Hicks, you up. know, there's a relationship between insanity and unsanitary. Mm -hmm. Insanity, unsanitary. Both got the same root word. That's a great point. Thank right. you, brother. Right. Okay, we have another call. Next caller, you on the air? Caller, you on the air? Hey, am I on? This is Kirkland. Hey, Brother hey, Kirkland. Kirk. How you doing, brother? Sure, I'm doing okay. So, Brother Kirkland, they built a $164 million stadium with less than 600 fans, they say, per game. And they said in the feasibility, they're going to have 9,500 fans there, and they and, and DePaul would pick up 40% of the cost. <laughs> I, 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 I am now in the autumn of my years. And I am never shocked when white folks act white. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 boondoggle. They got DePaul putting up seventy million dollars of the money for that stadium. Mm -hmm. And I'm, what I think they're gonna do, 
Oh, by the way, Northwestern is going to play out at the All-State Arena next year. Oh, wow. They, they're supposed to play there for one year while they, I guess they're going to try and uh, uh, renovate Wells Ryan or something. Okay, okay. But, uh, they, uh, they probably are going to show a bigger attendance by upping the student activity fee. Okay. So okay. it'll look like, in other words, whether the students come there or not, they're gonna be paying for a ticket. Oh, I see what you're saying. They're gonna be it's gonna be included in the oh. in right. the uh, in the It'll uh, be interesting right, to see right. how much they increase the student activity fee. Wow. And I bet you it's gonna cover whatever they need to show that they've got ten thousand people in that building. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. That's that's the misdirection. Right, 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 right. 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 All right, you guys. All right, thank you, brother. Thank you, you very much, much, sir. Oh, no. You do. Uh, what you were talking about when you first came on? Yeah. Uh, every time you see somebody black on the television when there's a tragedy in the family, somebody's mm-hmm. been killed or whatever, mm-hmm. the first thing out of their mouth, they forgive whoever did it. Yep, yep, yep. And they don't even ask for forgiveness. Yeah, they, they forgive. They don't even know who did it. Exactly. And they exactly. already say, uh, I forgive. forgive I forgive. I got love in my heart, but every time you yep. look at one of these shows, uh, twenty twenty or whatever, even right. on the news, right? When they show somebody that's not black, mm-hmm. first thing out their mouth is, "I want justice. I want the person caught. I want them to go to jail. I want them to go to the chair. Whatever." You never hear them say they forgive the person that commits a crime against their family. Mm, exactly. 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 They they even be in court talking about this still ain't justice though. He's getting a hundred years. Uh, we'll, we'll never see our loved one again. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, they that's what they be saying at the after the court. So I, I I don't know. We I, I told you we we got a slave mentality. That's we right. Got to get rid of it. That's right. Okay. I thank you, brother Kirk. All right. Thank All right, you, bro. brother Kirk. All right. You got the lines lit up today, brother. Hello. Hello. Caller, you on there? Blessing, blessing. Oh, okay. Let me turn the radio down. Bless your family, the Queen Sister. Queen Sister. Queen Sister. Planning committee meeting is on the eighth of next week. It's the meeting that Omar Johnson spoke of on Thursday that brothers do need to be in. Right, 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 right. right. Taking place at the uh, city chambers. And it's the fourth quarterly report. Uh, so you really need to be in a room to get the report because they don't post it. Okay. Or they just portions. Uh, they don't tell you what it really is, what it is you really need to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we also have the uh, the construction safety expo. Yes, safety yep, expo yep, yep. On the 6th and the 7th, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, Bishop... When you get a chance, look at what I sent you to okay. give them the location because I can't get in front of it and I'm in the... Oh, okay. Is that the Jury Lane? Yeah, that's the Jury Lane. Jury exactly. Lane. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. For those that are interested in growing, the Arlington Home and Garden Festival is taking place in Arlington Heights uh, on the 4th and the 5th. For okay. those that were 10. Uh, now, can I get to the business? Yeah. Uh, Bishop... Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I decided to show with uh, with the shepherd, mm-hmm. and I really like 
for us, and we don't have enough time, but next week, because we didn't we'll deal with it today, uh, we got to get back on the shepherd. You spoke of the, the shepherd that, that plucks. Right. Pluck. Right. Pluck. Yeah, and that's the seriousness, man. Mm-hmm. We can't mm-hmm. over that. Uh, and I think everything else has gotten us to this point because that's, that's the reality mm-hmm. of the shepherd and his obligation and just what he's been reduced to. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we don't even own the title of a shepherd. Mm-hmm. We're all the shepherds. Exactly. And what they're doing to the flock is ungodly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what do we call them? Mm-hmm. Because that's not something like It's exactly. not God. Exactly. Uh, and and this this issue. Nobody's talking about this body. Mm-hmm. We got we got wear black women in the cover up. Mm-hmm. This issue of public safety that's going on in the city of Chicago that nobody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to discuss. Uh, so I'm going to leave it open for discussion next week. This is Women's Month. Okay. And we need to address the issues that are affecting us as black women in this city. I would appreciate if you have Monday, Griffin, contact her and ever on. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give her a call. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss uh, uh, Michael Jordan's sister's book, and let's have Asia uh, back on. And there's a couple of other sisters that's going through something that oh, they yeah. want to share. Oh, yeah, I got to get uh, Have you talked with Asia lately? Yeah, actually, she's in town now. We're supposed to hook up today. We're going to the garden show tomorrow. Okay. Uh, so you're gonna be at the yeah. you're gonna be at the uh, healthy food hub tomorrow, or you going somewhere else? Uh, I wanted to at the garden show, but I thought it was Sunday. The hub. No, that's Tell probably me. healthy food uh, hub tomorrow, twenty four twenty three East seventy fifth Street. Uh, they they're gonna have uh you know food to be there. They'll be cooking and some other things. I I don't know if the class is gonna be Sunday. Let me talk with Fred, but but uh, what time? Uh, tomorrow they start around noon to about three thirty. Okay. So that's twenty four twenty three East Seventy Fifth Street at the Quarry, the Healthy Hoop for, Hub. And brother Fred and and Doctor J, uh, Doctor J is doing a lot of wonderful things over there, and they're basically teaching people how to eat, and how to live. Well, maybe we have to make it and just do the right. garden show on Sunday. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, we got to save ourselves. Okay. This episode is not a test. Exactly. I love you. I love you, Queen. Last All right. Weekend. Well, hold on. Hold on for you guys. He just sent me a text about the, I think, the class. Hold on one second. No, the class is on Sunday. Uh, it's, okay. it's out there by him uh, out there in Pembroke. Okay, so the class will be out there by him this, this Sunday. Okay, so I'll get the address for you. Okay. All right. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Queen. We got okay. another call. We got Dale and Larry on. Okay. Yes, hey, sir. Brother, brother, brother Larry, brother Dale. Yes. How you doing, doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing. I got a few hurdles I just jumped through, you know, but I'm I'm getting it straight. Don't worry. I know that. Yes, sir. I know that's right. Keep on hopping. Oh, yeah, we we get it together. How you you doing, man? How's everything moving? Man, we're doing real good. ID Suite is making some great headway. Uh, www.idsuite.me. And, matter of fact, we just had one of our clients on the radio station there. Yeah, yeah, Brother Eric. uh, Dargan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brother Eric. Right. real stand-up gentleman, and uh, he was actually one of our first clients. And mm-hmm. this is just showing you the flexibility of. If he has, you can he, he you can go to the, his ID sweet card it and and it'll give you his yeah. uh his uh what you call it uh his uh his book you can buy his book. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Can, and it points right. directly to his book. So of course it has his professional information, and then there's a quick button to show you a quick excerpt about his book, but you can buy it directly from him. And actually, him being a self-published author, he keeps all the profits. 
Right. So just imagine right, 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 you've got your own right, direction right, in regards right. to your own website, and you don't have to use another system to keep all your profits. Wow. You're pointing everybody in the direction of you. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So not only do you have your professional app, uh, information, and they can connect with you on many different platforms, but mm-hmm. now, just like this, uh, we said many different profiles that you can have in here. He's a high-level city official, but then on the other side. You've got it. He's a self-published author. Right. He can buy directly his book. And not right. only that, but he can keep all his profits. So I want to reiterate that, man. www.idsuite.me. And let me, got, let me give you guys uh, Eric's um, actual uh, URL. It is eric, E-R-I-C, dot I-D-S-U-I-T-E, me. I'm going to get mine as... Today I'm gonna call Dale and get my stuff okay. squared away today. Yeah. Hey, I'm here. All right, I'm here. Dale. Yes, sir. Beautiful. And Dale was giving Beautiful. us all the the Paul uh, history that we we missed a lot of it, but he got it. I got some people saying <laughs> that they have. I got somebody just text me said they got two accounts on the yeah, ID suite. Can you can you can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we hear you loud yeah. and clear. Uh, so that class is Sunday at the quarry. Sorry, hold on one second. There, uh, uh, the 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 cooking class, the food class, is at the quarry from two. To 5 p.m. Sunday, and that's going to be 2423 East 75th Street. They have the Healthy Food Hub tomorrow, from noon to about three. But the class for the uh, the, the, the the growing of the food is uh, Sunday from two to 5 p.m. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. Hey, let me let me chime in real quickly here, brother Harold. Mm-hmm. Let me read you something about Snapchat. It takes 35 seconds. This okay. is going to blow your mind. A California high school made a ton of money from Snapchat's IPO this week. A high school in Mountain View invested Snapchat five years ago, mm-hmm. invested $15,000. Wow. St. Francis High School Private Roman Catholic School today just sold their $1.4 million shares, which they acquired for $15,000 wow. in 2012 for $24 million. Wow. Mm. Wow. I want to say that again. Yeah. They invested $15,000 in Snapchat, which is only a six-year-old social technology app mm-hmm. that they just made $24 million, and Snapchat is now valued at $25 billion. Wow. wow. That's like the ID suite pretty soon. Exactly. <laughs> That's the reason why I'm bringing this to our attention, and we have a lot of black financiers out there and talk about investing in the community, but never get on board mm-hmm. and invest a tool that they have no idea what it's going to become. And this is the Snapchat of professional suite services and $15,000, $24 million for a high school that just pulled their money together and just cashed out last week. Mm-hmm. Check it out wow. on Fortune. Com and Money Magazine issue for today. Yeah, it's brother incredible. Wally, brother Wally was just mentioning it to me. He, I mean, he, he had just read it himself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, wow. So that's a, that's a hell of a that's a hell of an investment, you know. <laughs> Fifteen thousand right. turned to twenty four million. Yes, sir. Four years. So, Ex- yep. Exactly. And mm-hmm. we were just today sitting down with an investor who was a millennial, and he said, "Hey." I love the sexiness of it just being an app. I don't take business cards. I just want to tap my phone to somebody and be down the road. 
He was like, uh, business cards are dinosaurs and old people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The app (laughs) is where it's at. Those are words directly out of this guy's mouth, and he probably was about late uh, 20s, early 30s, and Mm -hmm. had a wealth of Mm -hmm. knowledge and a ton of money. And he jumping on board to Mm -hmm. invest in ID Suite. Oh, yeah. That was before he even knew everything else that ID Suite does. Mm, you kid. Before he knew it's a follow-up system. That's before he knew it was a call to action website to point people in the direction to do business with you. Wow. You follow what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so www.idsuite.me and also follow up with Eric. Eric.idsuite.me. You guys go and look at his card. It's a demo. Uh, we got Carmen Holmes out there. She's got hers got several out there you guys look at these folks okay if you and, and i know you guys know carmen holmes up there take a look at hers take a look at eric mm-hmm. you guys will see the proof is in the pudding right there and we customize it to how you move as a business person mm. and okay. also take a look at bishop thomas's oh yeah bishop thomas's oh, yeah. and his new radio tabernacle mm-hmm. radio right right is promoted right. right on the id suite platform it is amazing i mean literally harold you're going to save no less than $600 using ID Suite. Mm-hmm. And you will save at least, if you're a full-time small business owner like ourselves, you're going to save $5,000 using ID Suite. And, and here's another thing. We just did some rent-a-cons on another company that sells a video card, and we're not going to name them, but they've been out since 2013, and they took three months to get back to to Larry to finally make a card for him, mm-hmm. and it is not even close to the tools that ID Suite is. And we put it in front of the young investor today, mm-hmm. and he laughed at that one and said, "Wait a minute, this company got almost three million invested in it, and it ain't even app based. It's actually a fake app that's actually web based." And he said, "There's no way I would I would spend." And guess what? That app, web based, cost six hundred dollars. Wow. Mm. With a third of the functionality of ID Suite. Wow. So right. give us a, give us a, how, how did they get it again, brother, Larry, brother Dale? So www.idsuite.me, and that's I-D-S-U-I-T-E dot me, and the cost is one forty nine a year, but if you guys go on there today, I've actually got a Butt Naked Truth um, discount code and take the guys, write this down. Okay. Give this to them as well, Harold. Okay. It's B, the letter B, the letter N, and then T, 2017. Okay. That's a discount. What, well, truth. So that's, well, a, that's a discount if they put that in, B and T? Yeah, you get a discount of code. We get 20% discount off that book. Okay. okay, 20% B, off today if they get it today? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. Okay. And that's an investment, Larry. It's not a cost. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Okay. So that's www.idsuite.me, and then they put mm-hmm. BNT 2017. They get 20% discount. All right, bro. There you go. Okay, both of you guys okay. give us a, give us a closing statement. <laughs> hey, the new power in networking is right at hand, guys. Jump on board with us. Come along for this ride because it's gonna ride for a long time. That's right. Business cards have been out here for a long time, and they're not gonna go away. This right. is the new wave of business cards and yes, how sir. to do business. All righty. And so thank all you, right. Brother uh, Larry, Brother Dale. Give us a closing statement. Yeah, all I got to do is say 
Buy black, invest black, be black. Black to the future. That's right. Be smart like these guys at that Mountain View High School. And then don't forget, Jesus is coming black. Exactly. <laughs> hair, 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 hair like a lamb's wool. That's right. So invest black, buy black, be black, right. black to the future. Black is what it's all about. All right. Thank you, Brother Dale. Thank you, Brother Larry. We'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, that okay. Raw food and farming training will be Sunday from two to five PM at the quarry twenty four twenty three East seventy fifth street, brother Fred and we're gonna partner brother Wally. We're partnering with the Black Oaks Food Farms with us and we're gonna be uh doing some great things this summer. And so uh Wally knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Our brother Khalil, man, he's been sending us final calls, man. That brother, man, uh, how's he doing? You tell he's 88 now? 88. Man, but, he, you know, he sends a final call here every week for me and Red. And I just want to thank him, man, for... Uh, he's man, probably listening. Brother, that guy, man. I, you know, he's such a, a a beautiful spirit, man. I mean, I, I don't think... Has, has he ever, have you ever seen him mad? I've been knowing Brother Khalil for 30 years. I mean, I've we, never seen him angry. I mean, we was moving some stuff off the farm, and and uh, and I told Wally, I said, I'm kind of worried, uh, you know, about the schedule with Khalil. Wally said, Khalil understands military. And that was the answer he gave me, and, and it wasn't even no issue, man. He said he understands this is military. And I'm like, wow. And so, man, I love that brother, man. And so we got we to gotta get him, got to get him, um, Back out there on the farm too. Yes. Yeah, and I know, you know, I I have never seen a more disciplined person, man. When he told me he eats once a day and and how he stayed to that man, I was like, wow. I know brother Shah, he moves him eats once a day too. He told me the same thing. And so, man, them guys, uh, they look like pictures of health. <laughs> and man, to live to be eighty-eight years old, like brother Khalil, and I think he will outwork most people. Wally. Oh, right now. Brother, easily, easily. Brother, outwork most people, brother. And so before we take to this call, brother, how's the minister doing? I I, I watched him for, minister Lewis for, Farrakhan. for four hours Sunday, man. He's he's um he said it's love that fuels him. Four hours, man. So you know you, you can disagree with him, but you're not gonna outwork him. Brother, when he said he asked him, he said, How long have you been on? He said two hours. He goes, How long have you been on? Three hours. How long are you going on four? <laughs> now he, and he's standing there. That's what I'm saying. He's not sitting in a chair. Standing, brother. And so, man, what a you know, uh, what a wonderful. Uh, he said, "I've given uh, you the best of my life." Exactly, exactly. Been serving out there a long time. Sixty-two man. years. Yeah. So, uh, Crow got the 30th annual Founders Day this Sunday, brother TC. Yes, sir. Uh, man, didn't stop by in March the fifth, twenty seventeen, five thirty to seven thirty p.m. That's right. Donation hundred dollars twenty four. What's that? Let me get that. Twenty four thirty five West seventy first Street. We're seventy first Street, and that's thirtieth annual Founders Day for Crow. And so, uh, it ain't too late wow. to get your ticket, brother. Thirty TC. years. Thirty years, man. They've been doing it for thirty years. Yeah, a lot blessed, brother Munir. Yes, sir. Shaheed. Brother Shaheed and brother Alif, brother Alif, Mandine, Mandine, all them, brothers, all the man. sisters too, all the sisters. They That's work right. hard over there. That's right, brother. Yep. And so we got a couple more calls, brother Ken. Take them before we leave. Hello. Okay, caller, you on there? Hello, caller. Hello. Yes. Hello. Yeah, you on there? Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I, I just want to say, uh, we'll see some blessings to all you brothers. 
Same you, Thank Brother you, sir. Harold. Yes, sir. Uh, Red, Brother Wally Muhammad. Yes, yes sir. sir. Thank you. I, I, I like to hear you speak, brother, uh, because you break down the truth. And uh, I just want to say that we need, as black people, to understand one thing. Nobody can do everything. Right. But everybody can do something. That's right. Peace and blessings. Thank you, brother. 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 I mean, we just had all hands on deck, brother. Two That's more. All you need, brother. And so, while brother Wally, and we have two more calls. Oh, let's take yeah, it. Let's take it. Let's, let's take call it. you on air. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Hey, brother Harold. This is Victor Love, Mother Ways. Hey, How brother. Hey, man. We was looking for you the other day. Man, man. Do you know what's getting ready to happen on 79th and Vernon? Mama Way here and get a street sign named after. Man, I've been running all over the. Oh city. yeah, I know because uh, Pastor Keith, you know, uh, told me that that she was. She was uh wasn't feeling good, so she didn't come. Yeah, and so absolutely. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so uh, just trying to keep her isolated. Yeah. And, uh, now, when is the big day, brother Vic? Tomorrow. When is, when is the big it's day? Tomorrow. Uh, it starts tomorrow at eleven o'clock at uh four thirty six East Seventy Ninth, right there on the corner of Seventy Ninth and Vernon. They're going to uh, hang the sign and name it after a great woman Man, uh, by the name of uh, Josephine Wade. If she wasn't, and, if uh, she wasn't on that block, brother, that block would have been dead a long time ago. And let me just say this. She has kept that block single-handedly alive. But you know what what the other part of it is, too? What's that? Um, Anybody else that had that business there would have already packed up and left. Oh, that's right. And gone. That's right. But my mother is just committed. You know, Uh, Brother Victor, let me me ask you a question, because one of the things I say all the time is that if if just one church a Sunday just went in there and just committed to saying that we're going to go I mean, and, and and support Mother Wade. I mean, man. I mean, you realize what kind of jobs changer. that she could that she changer. can create. I mean, I mean, it, I don't understand changer. the non-commitment because black folks would be leaving out of churches and going to Oak Lawn and going to Oak Forest and so going everywhere, but everywhere but on 79th say, Street. And I know for sure. Our food tastes way better than over. Oh, it, yeah, good, good. Y'all food got yeah. all the love in it. It ain't frozen but and you know, all that stuff. But you know what my mother says, uh, 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 Brother Harold? What's that? She said, the sad part about us, we'll let anybody feed us. That's right. Talk to That's right. Ah, That's right. Teach, That's mama. Right. Teach, mama. That's right. You ain't going to find no rib joint in Chinatown. That's right. You ain't going to find no sharks in Chinatown. You better hey. believe it. Because they are intentional. About what hey, hey, brother, hey, brother, hey, brother Vicky, they can put them there, but they won't stay. I mean, you oh, yeah. you could you could put a Freeze rib joint out. there, but it ain't yeah. gonna stay. Freeze you out, brother. Shit, they be like, what you coming? But, but here you know for? what though? Those days up, they they coming to a close. Yeah, you know why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's man is in the president's office. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, <laughs> him and the white people well, that love me. him. They're going to force us to get together. Yeah. Mark my word. Wait, brother Vic. Let me say this, brother. I said what you said before the election. I said if Donald Trump get in, he gonna force us to fall back in love with each other. That's it's right. a beautiful thing, brother it is, Victor. It is, brother. You gonna be able to borrow some Kool Aid? Yeah, that's right. Sugar. Yeah. That's right, brother. That's right. You right, yep. brother Victor. Yep, I believe it, man. Yep. So, so I'm tomorrow excited. at eleven o'clock, I'm brother Victor. Excited Vic. about it. Oh, me too. 11 o'clock tomorrow is going down. With it's going down. It's they going might down. need to get over there around 10.30. Get it about 10.30. Because, um, They're going to block have, the streets We have opened up additional parking. Okay. But uh, I do want to let people know uh, there is a, a massive RSVP list that has already been compiled. 
So I don't want nobody to be upset if they can't get in the right, building and, for right. the birthday celebration. And, However, we are going to be serving food for those that can't get in. Right. We're going to have a buffet little line set up outside where people can and, just get a little and, snack and go and from the outside. Get that. And tell so, her, and, and Brother Victor, so nobody, nobody's more deserving than Mama Wade, man. I appreciate that, brother Harry. Thank you, you know brother. I know you there. got. I know you got about three thousand brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I tell them, Harry? What's that? I am the only begotten son. That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's right. I am That's the right. only begotten son. That's right. Hey, brother. So we will be there tomorrow, brother Victor. Thank you, man. Hey, tell us. Tell us. Tell we love it. Yes, sir, brother. That's okay, it for man. us. Thank Love you, Brother Vic. Love you too, brother. That's it for us. Mama Wade tomorrow. Street sign, 436 East 79th Street. Nobody's more deserving than her, brother. I mean, stickability, brother. You're talking about sticking there. They say, they say, they say uh, 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 survivors, like, you got to be able to stick to it. And so it ain't ability. It's 95% stickability. Can you stick with it? That's it for us. Undisputed, untold, uncut, uncensored, unbought. Unapologetic, straightforward, down the middle, but naked truth. We say the things most afraid to think about or dream about. Liberation without continuation of the miseducation and misinformation to the black man and black woman. Down with the accommodators, up the liberators, trade with those who trade with you. Bye, black. Thank you, Brother Wally, Brother TC, Brother Thank Wally you, in the house. You. you know he can't come in here and tell me he just came by to say hi. <laughs> we see you Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Opinions expressed on the radio program by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners for chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Great Lakes Radio and AM 1570.